Lights Out Dallas, ATX, San Antonio, Corpus, West Texas, the Panhandle. H-Town is in the house. This is Houston Holla, and we are celebrating not only the city of athletes, Joey Wyatt, but we're celebrating the city of champions. Softball did its thing this weekend, bro. Absolutely crazy, man. You know, I hadn't been keeping up with it as much as I should, and Lance has been texting me, keeping me updated with all of the softball games going on. And man, you know, he sent me a text message the other day saying Liberty, Barbers Hill, and Deer Park were all in the running for state titles. And (laughs) man, they just all absolutely killed it, man. They all did their thing. So shout out to all of the Houston teams doing their thing this week. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it was an impressive showing. You know, tight ball games. It's not like they were out there winning games like 8-7 to seven or 16-15. to 15. Like, for real. We're talking tight-knit games. Liberty, I believe, got it done 4-2. to two. They had a crazy rain delay. I think after four innings, they had to wait like an hour and a half to keep playing. Barbers Hill behind Sophia Simpson. Holy crap. She tore it up. I believe she had 14 Ks. Inside the circle where she's going to pitch her future career at the University of Texas up there at McCombs Field. She was lights out. Barbara Sill, I believe, won two to nothing over Alito. If you don't know about Alito, like Alito wins everything. Alito wins football, softball, everything. Where are they from? Dallas area. North of Dallas. Yeah. Going up towards uh, OKC. And then last but not least... I guess it's actually on 75 going towards McAllister, but we won't go there. Uh, And then last but not least, Deer Park (laughs) winning one to nothing in a nail biter. Uh, But good buddy of mine, Mike Schaefer, his wife is one of the assistants there at Deer Park. We mentioned her on the last show, Katie Schaefer, saying, man, it was a nail biter. Tons of runners left on base and just tons of stud defensive plays. So it's our job this week. And in the next coming week, to get these ladies some recognition, we're trying to get them on the show. Of course, they're driving back from Austin right now to their respective communities, probably having parades, probably having parties. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, just celebrating, bringing back those trophies to their communities. So way to get it done, City of Athletes. Hey, it's, it's something to be proud of. And next weekend, the boys turn, right? The girls set the bar. For straight Jesuit and again Barbers Hill and Boys Five A, so straight Jesuits going to play Keller in the Six A semifinal at State. Those games being played at Round Rock Dell Diamond, and then last but not least, Barbers Hill getting into the mix as one of the top-rated teams in Class Five A. And after upsetting Friendswood, who we thought was a shoe-in to win not just a state title but a potential national title. So that got me thinking, Joey, you know, Barbers Hill Lady Eagles. Yeah. Behind this young lady by the last name of Simpson. Apparently, they're the number one softball team in the entire country. Yeah, that's just absolutely incredible. Country, Not Houston, not Texas. The country. And Barbara Hill, I don't know if you know about this. Well, you do know because you're from Dayton. So Yes, sir. I mean, they just have this tradition in volleyball, basketball, even golf out there at Eagle Point probably rolling around, playing a ton of golf and just chipping and putting away. You know, not a lot of people know about Eagle Point and I absolutely love it out there. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful little golf course, right? It is. Right? Yes, sir. Um, and then, of course, this softball program, they just crush it, man. Like, it's so unbelievable, and, and I'm not going to say anything like 
dirty or disrespecting towards quote unquote recruiting, but it's like they do the right thing and like they offer jobs and better jobs and high pay, higher paying jobs to anybody living in East Houston that wants to come out and be a part of their family. And like they get the people in the door. And once you walk into one of those neighborhoods in Mount Bellevue, especially if you did it 10 years ago, then the property value shot up. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not going to leave. And they treat everybody so right out there. They're kind of cocky. And I kind of like that. The Eagle fans are a little cocky. You know, they've kind of always had that reputation. They've always had that reputation. When I grew up in Dayton, I did graduate from Dayton High School. Um, It was just always you had Liberty, Dayton, and then you had Crosby. Crosby. And then you had Barbers Hill, and everybody kind of just turned their nose up to Barbers Hill. Oh, it's it's those fancy guys down the road. And, you know, the school is not in a super nice area, but they always had the nicest accommodations. They always had the reputation for bringing in the best athletes and the best coaches, kind of like you said, not recruiting, because I don't think we're supposed to say that, but they just attracted good jobs and good athletes. Right. And they always had that reputation of – Hey, that's that's where you want your kids to go to play sports if you're in the area. So huge shout out to the Barbers Hill girls. Absolutely amazing. Number one in the country. It, go, it goes it goes as far as this, and you're going to learn this about Dayton, too. I'm just telling you all the landscape of high school athletics in Houston is just so ridiculous. So many people moving from the Midwest, from Florida, from the East Coast, New York City. People now coming in. We now from the West Coast into the Austin and San Antonio area and even here in Houston. Yeah. The nicer your subdivision is. The nicer your school district is, you're on mic too. I think everybody just heard you cough. Oops. <laughs> I think you turned I me pushed off. the wrong mute you button. You pushed the wrong mute button. Anyway, the nicer your subdivision is, whether it's in Houston or Austin or San Antonio, Dallas, wherever, it, it's just attraction, right? And everybody knows that. The city management knows that. The high school administration knows that. The superintendents know that. And it's coming to Dayton as well. They're building that 99 corridor that's going to go from New Caney down to Mount Bellevue, right? Yeah. Along I-10 East. And I'm telling you, people are going to want to move to Dayton, Texas. Did you ever think that you'd see the day where Dayton, Texas over to New Caney will become like the most popular residential area in the city? Well, the property value, even as of right now, is still outstanding out there. And so when I grew up in Dayton, it was a big deal when we got a jack-in-the-box. We had Brookshire Brothers, and we had the race, <laughs> the racetrack gas station, and that was absolutely it in Dayton. And when we got Jack in the Box, man, it was a big deal. Like, we hung out there after school, before school. That's what we did. Hey, what are we doing today? We're going to go hang out at Jack in the Box. That was, that's all that was there. And now I went back to Dayton not too long ago for the first time in probably 10 years, mm-hmm. and it has absolutely blown up. It's, uh, they're just doing great things. It's a beautiful little town now. It looks absolutely nothing like it did when I grew up there. So shout out to the city council over there uh, for doing what they're doing. It's an attractable place to live now, an attractable place to take your kids to school. And it's just awesome. And as far as Barber Hill goes, Barber's Hill goes, you you can't see it off the side of 146. You can't see it off the side of I-10. So you pass it up, and you don't even know it's there. But once you go down those back roads to yeah, get Eagle to it, Drive, Eagle Drive, you pull up to the school, and you're like, holy crap, this is beautiful. So they've got a nice school over there, man, and it's just awesome for those girls. I mean, it's considered one of the highest-paying football jobs in the state of Texas. Yeah. And they have an indoor practice facility. I mean, they literally have like a bubble. 
And and it's just like I say, it's it's magnificent what they're doing out there. The confidence that they're raising within the young women that play athletics out there. Look, we knew when we interviewed Santa Fe earlier in the year, they're like, yeah, we got to look out for Barbara Hill and a couple other squads. And look, Barbara Hill does the damn thing. I didn't even realize Barbara Hill was ranked number one in the nation. I didn't, you know, but it seems everybody we've talked to about softball in the softball community uh, and even outside of Santa Fe in our interviews, the people I know that coach select ball and select teams in high school, they all mention Barbers Hill at least one time. So that shows you the respect that they've gained out there. Yeah, and when you're pumping out D1s like Sophia Simpson all the time, I mean, they're, they've constantly pumped out. They got another girl named Faith Gidry going to Michigan State. I mean, they got girls going, we're calling it nationwide. They're going to any Power 5 conference that they want to to play softball. So, kudos to the training out there in East Houston. All those Gulf Coast uh, select softball teams that we've learned about this year. Can't wait to get in with them and bring y'all even more softball coverage next spring now it's the boys turn hey the bar's been set high you think these boys are going to choke when they go up there we got strake and the barbers hill boys what are they going to do they think they're going to bring home the gold well you got the lance is sitting across from me right now wearing his alum hat the strake hat so i got to pull for strake in this one man let's go and then barbers hill of course got to get their job done in class 5a so we will monitor that uh so i wanted to bring up joey just you and i kind of grew up in the same era of houston sports especially high school prep athletics. Can you think of a most dominant team and maybe a most dominant player while you were in high school? So I went to a few different high schools, man. I graduated from Dayton. I did spend my first two years of high school in Stratford. I went to Stratford off of I-10 in uh, the Memorial area. And I'm not going to say the obvious Andrew Luck. There was a guy there named Jeff Young. He was before Andrew Luck, and he just, every sport, A-team, superstar on the team. And I haven't kept up with him too much uh, since high school, so I'm not sure what he's doing now. We also had a tight end named Greg Bowers, who I believe went to U of H, then transferred to Texas Tech. Uh, Had one good season, and then kind of, I believe, is an attorney now. So shout out to those guys. We need to put our high school athletes in the spotlight, and that's what this is for. What, What you got for me, Lance? So I just want to ask you, what about a team? What about a dominant team? Who was the dominant team in the Houston area or even maybe in the state area? Like someone that like you and your buddies would go see on a Friday or Saturday night during the playoffs. You know, so it had to be Memorial. It had to be Memorial at that time. Memorial football? Yes, Memorial football. They just absolutely creamed us. I do believe they were on a nice little run there from uh, 04 to 07 being ranked uh, doing the thing. So, obviously, we had Katie right down the road. I hate to say it. Katie Tigers, they've been a powerhouse forever. And they're somebody that we were talking about even back when I was in high school. So, I'm going to compare, and I'm just going to go with, I mean, Deer Park's also been on a great run for girls softball. I think this is their third state championship in, like, the last 17 years or something, which is crazy, amazing, amazing to know. I have to go with two teams, all right? No, I'll go with one team and one player. So the, t- the team I'm going to go with is Willow Ridge Basketball. Okay. Ivan McFarland, Daniel Ewing, TJ Ford. I mean, think about that. Those are three stud college athletes, right? Duke, Oklahoma State, University of Texas. 
And I believe Willow Ridge did go up like 33-0 and or 34-0 and in basketball, and they won the state championship, brought it back to the H. Absolutely so, ridiculous. I, I love the fact that Willow Ridge, and the following and hearing about Willow Ridge made me love high school basketball even more. And my friends and I, we were nuts. I mean, when we were at straight Jesuit, we were just – we were that crowd that nobody wanted to play in front of because we were relentless, we were dumb, we were sometimes a little raunchy, but – Probably less respectful than we should have been, but shout out to our administrators for making us men for others in the future. Anyway, we'll move on from that. I think the best player had to be hands down in the dome, North Shore Madison, Vince Young. Watching that performance, I, I think, saw that one coming. I, th- I think it's got to be Vince Young. Yeah, I, saw yeah, that I mean, one it really coming. does. I mean, Vince Young was just so stupid good. Um, and then beyond that, I would say for baseball, and he's currently in the league now. As I got out of college, and I still kind of followed the high school ranks uh, and then kept up with my hometown, Rice Owls, Anthony Rendon. The dude batted like seven or 800 in yeah, high school. Yeah, crazy. Like, like he, 796 average. Yeah, it was like stupid in high school. So, no, Vince Young definitely tops that list. And then I would say as well, you know, some guys that never really made it. Bobby Reed was real good at North Shore, too. And it was Bobby Reed versus Vince Young. Vince Young won that. Vince Young goes on to win the national championship. And even though Bobby Reed, I think, did win a state title, he didn't do too much at Oklahoma State. He did come out with the, uh, or he did provoke the greatest phrase of all time. What's that? I'm a man. I'm 40. (laughs) (laughs) From Coach Gundy. So, all right, we're done talking about the best teams that we have seen. I'd love to have this conversation another day, maybe do a little more research, see if we can find some more. I'm sure there's others out there. I'm thinking like Bel Air. You know, there's probably. baseball was always good, right? If I looked into it a little bit, there'd probably be five or six. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. going in. spring. Yeah, Josh Beckett. Back in the day. Yeah, see. I mean, we're getting old. We're getting old and we're like reminiscing. So, from the best sports teams H-Town has put out there over the years, hey, give us some feedback. Back. Maybe we can catch up with some of these guys and bring them on the show. Uh, from, like I said, best city of athletes in the entire country to the best beef jerky that we have had in a long, long time. We're talking about Murray's Craft Jerky. Guys, you got to look these guys up on Instagram and put your order in. I brought some for Joey today. Thank you to Aaron for dropping this off in Weston Lakes to my family's house. Garlic teriyaki and steakhouse. Just two of the wonderful flavors that you can order from. So get on Instagram, find Aaron's little Facebook page, his little Instagram profile, and look up Murray's Craft Jerky, guys. You do not want to miss out on this. The garlic is super-duper garlic, but you love the steakhouse. Yeah, the steakhouse is where it's at, man. I get get the uh, Worcestershire sauce a lot, and I love it. Uh, It's some of the best I've ever had, and I'm not just saying that because they're our sponsor, but it's delicious. I can't stop eating it. My teeth hurt. I mean, we need to, like, Call Bucky's and get these guys lined up inside their store. Yeah, Bucky's, man, it's awesome. Bucky's is really proud of their jerky, though. They're like really proud, and it's not even as good. Their jerky's kind of dry. This stuff is just like melts in your mouth. Good. So Murray's if you don't want to spend uh, forty five dollars on a pound of jerky, hit up Murray's. Yeah, I mean Murray's is the spot, and they deliver right now. I mean they're they're a very 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 small company that I think is going to explode in the next few months. I mean, give it six months, guys. You won't be able to get an order in. They're going to be so backed up with orders. So keep them in mind. Sponsor them. Represent them. Support them because they sponsor us. Excuse me. also want to remind you that uh, I'm going to now call this the uh, Sun Pro Solar Studios inside <laughs> Wild Wing Cafe like on yeah. West Green. 
So pretty soon we might be doing some podcasts from uh, a room inside my home. I just moved over to the Richmond area. So Joey and I will call it the Sun Pro Solar Studios. Give us a call at 832-520-1029. Get your free energy consultation. Go solar. Help out the environment. Save money on your electric bill, most importantly, and own your energy. Stop leasing it. Sun Pro Solar, free consultation today. All right, Joey, what's been going on with your Strohs this week, man? I mean, it's not a bad week overall. No, it's not. We're in this little stretch of the season that I have officially deemed the gauntlet. Uh, tough 24-game stretch. You know, you got the Dodgers, then the Padres, then the Red Sox, then the Blue Jays, then the Red Sox, then the White Sox. Just absolutely ridiculous. White Sox are tough. Yeah, they are. They are one of the best teams in baseball right now. And so far, through the first 12 games. Tony La Russa. Through the first 12 games, we're sitting at 7-5. and five. And before we went into this stretch, I said if we finish 500, we're doing exactly what we should do and we're getting the job done. Uh, they've been playing great baseball lately. Um, you know, starting pitching for – there was an eight-game stretch where no starter allowed more than one earned run and, until Jose Urquidy yesterday come in. He had a good first three or four innings, and then after that he kind of dropped the ball a little bit. But it's okay. It's baseball. It's going to happen. He just came back from injury. Luis Garcia is pitching a hell of a game today. I'm not sure if he's still in or not. But it looks like we're going to pull this one out. So that's good news. And uh, this is the last game in Toronto, and then we hit the road and go to Boston. And uh, that's going to be a tough one. Boston. Boston. We just took that series 3-1, to one, so they're going to be looking for revenge. They're going to be booing like crazy. That's going to be a bad one. That's going to be worse than the Yankees, probably. Yeah, and you know Alex Cora has been coming out, running his mouth a little bit, blaming everybody else in the Astros organization for the fault that he took. In the whole sign-stealing scandal. Been saying, it wasn't my fault. It was Luno's fault. It was Crane's fault. It was Hinch's fault. Keep my name out of it, of course. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Tough one coming up in Boston. So, are you ready? I'm ready. It's time for some Astro bashing. Yeah, let's do it. Let me no, eat another I'm, piece I'm, of this I'm, Murray's I'm, I'm, I'm going to really take quick. it really, really light because I like, I like a move and I hate a move. Okay. Like, what the hell? Oder is he? Like, what the actual hell? So, I mean, I just, I just don't get it. He's not pumping out innings. And now the whole can he even go 120 innings in a season thing's popping up because he's sucking with, what, like 50 innings right now? I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. That's your job. But I will say this, though. Positive is pitching on the mound right now. Garcia. Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia looks good. Like, I'm he- sorry. You got it. It's it's. Odorizzi's got to go in the pen, and he's got to be put on damage control, and maybe in those situations where the Astros are trailing 4-1, to one, he comes in and holds the game. And if he gives up three more runs and they lose 7-1, to one, oh well. If he holds the game and they come back and win 5-4, to four, thank you, Jake. So my whole take on this, the plan was to get Urquidy, Fromber, and Odorizzi healthy again and then move Javier and Garcia to the pen. That's been the plan all along since all these guys were injured. Odorizzi came out from his first game back from injury, and he had a good game. Only allowed one earned run. I believe we won that game 4-1. to one. Then he came out the other day and absolutely stunk it up. And so I think they're going to give him another start or two before they make these moves with the bullpen to see what happens. I think the train of thought here is they're going to throw the veteran arm in in the number five spot so they can move Luis Garcia to the bullpen. 
because you can't be successful down the stretch without a long reliever, without a bridge guy, without a guy that can come in the second or third inning and take over for the next four or five innings if your starter isn't doing well. I also think that Garcia will take on that role, whether Odorizzi's pitching great or not, whether Garcia's pitching well right now or not, whether he's a starter right now or not. The goal down the stretch of the season is for him to be that bridge guy. And so I think that they're going to try and limit his pitch count so he can come in and be successful as possible. The problem I have with that, like I was just telling you, this guy's never pitched above independent league or high A baseball. No double A, no triple A. And right now he's just on a roll. He's hot. So my thing is let him keep starting. Let him go while he's hot. Let him do his thing until he has a bad game or two. The last thing you want to do for a guy that's never had any double or triple A experience is to yank him out of the starting rotation when he's on a roll because right now it's all mental. It's all confidence for this guy. And while he's confident, while he's throwing great, while he's winning games, let him do the damn thing. So overall spectrum of things. um, Look, the Astros haven't had a true beatdown other than by the Padres. And I don't know how to assess that. I just think that it's inevitable to believe. Well, it's inevitable that the Astros, just like my Cardinals, just like a few other teams, even the Yankees this year, they're just mediocre teams. They're good teams, but they're not great. I can agree with that. And and the reason why I say this, it just goes back to my, my assessment that I've told you all along is there's two things. That don't that are not representative of World Series championship teams, okay? And I'm just going to use my Cardinals as an example right now, and I'm going to have you apply it to the Astros, okay? World Series title contenders don't get swept in series. Cardinals are about to get swept by the Reds today. All right, okay? They're down seven zero in the fifth. They're about to get swept in a four game set with Sensa freaking Natty without Trevor Bauer. I mean, okay. that, that's terrible. Okay, that is terrible. Absolutely. A week ago, they were seven games above 500, right? Number two, World Series title contenders don't lose and get 10 run ruled. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know it was a late inning game. It's a bullpen issue for the Astros. And I really don't have a concern with the Astros losing 11 to three when the game was three to three in the ninth. Right. Like, I think that are going into the 10th. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know. It, it was a blow-up. There was a couple of blow-ups two nights in a row. So I think you might be a better contender than the Cardinals are right now just because the lineup is a little more potent. I'd say the lineups are pretty even. But maybe your pitching actually might be better than St. Louis's. And then I want to blow your mind right here. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you know who the leader of the AL, excuse me, NL West is? By blowing it out? It's the uh, San Francisco the Giants. San Francisco yeah. Giants. The Dodgers and the Padres are are one of those teams not even going to make the playoffs? That's what's going to happen. Three of the best teams in baseball, and one of them is not going to make the playoffs. I mean, that's insane to me, it right? Is I, I, absolutely I, insane. I don't know. I looked at the standings, and I think it goes – let's see. Here it is right here. Giants, Padres, then the Dodgers. The Padres and the Dodgers are literally tied. Now, I know there's a lot of baseball left, but this is when I start picking up and actually getting interested in it. Yeah, you know, so summertime is back here. to your, uh, I don't know where the hell this came from. I think the Astros might be better than the Cardinals. Well, we knew that coming into this season. Not so, true. Yeah. Not true. All right, so as far as the who's 11th. Your best, who's your best pitcher? 
Is he better than Jack Flaherty? Negative. That's one who's, player. Who's your best hitter? Oh, they're all better than whoever the Cardinals Who's go. your best hitter? Right now, our best hitter is Yuli Gurriel. Is Yuli Gurriel better than... Okay, this season he is better than Paul Goldschmidt, and maybe not better, though, than Nolan Arnato. Number say he is. Right but now. I, I would say, say power-wise, the Astros have more pop in their lineup than the Cardinals do. It's... That's a yeah, bottom line. So it, they do. They it, really do. That 11 to 3 blowout on that Padres game, it didn't really bother me too much either. We were three, it was three to three going into the ninth, like you said. And going back the previous five days, every single bullpen arm that we had had thrown at least 60 pitches. So they had to throw in the muck. You know, I believe it that was. That sounds like excuses. It was Brandon Belak. They could, they, Brought in Brandon, Brandon Belak to try and close this game out. I I'm going to look him up. No freaking idea where he's from. You're the man. expert. You don't know where Brandon Belak is from. I do not from. know where Brandon Belak is from. Continue your thought. And so, you know, I saw it coming. They couldn't, they couldn't bring in anybody else. And that's the state of our bullpen right now. Brandon Belak's from Jersey. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we had four extra innings games in five days. Our bullpen was absolutely spent. And that is going to be an issue down the stretch. If we have another stretch like that, it comes down to being down in the division only one or two games. The chances are of us having another stretch like that are going to happen. And so what do you do in that situation? You strain your arm? You strain your, your good arms? You know, I just, it sucks. Our bullpen is in a very crappy state right now. And it's to the point where you're basically throwing a position player if your bullpen is spent. People are screaming, go out and get arms, go out and get arms. The problem with that is our farm system is absolutely depleted. And so was your Facebook post the other day sarcasm? About trade what? Korea for arms? It was sarcasm because I've seen it over and over again. We need to trade Korea for bullpen help, and that's just absolutely nobody that knows baseball. You don't trade the most important position on the field for a bullpen guy. That's going to throw two innings a week. You just don't. Get over it. Sorry, you don't like Carlos Correa. That's not the answer. So, and I just, I don't know what we're going to do here as far as bullpen help. We obviously need some. Like I said, our farm system is depleted. There's nobody in our farm system worth trading anybody worth trading for. So they're going to have to bring in a young guy that nobody's ever heard of, an old guy that's probably spent and hope they do well with, the, uh, with a fresh start. And, you know, so what we have right now, I'm sorry, Astros fans, is what we're going to have down the stretch, minus one or two guys nobody's ever heard of before. And we're going to have to hope, like, over the last season or two, one of these guys comes in that's never done the job before and just gets it done with a new jersey on. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, I guess we'll have to see what kind of uh, work they're doing out there in Sugarland here in the next month and a half. I mean, that's going to be a big deal. Is somebody going to step up from the Skeeters organization? Are they going to bring some guy in from Sugarland? Are we going to be monitoring that? Are you going to be going to games and charting pitches? What are you going to do, Joey? Are you going to get, are you going to get this guy up to the big leagues? To the show? I'm going to go to a couple playoffs? of Skeeters games for sure, man. But my thing, what's going to have to happen is they're going to have to bring in a veteran for $2 million or a young guy that's been down in AAA, AA like, all year. You mean like by the 31st yeah. trade deadline? Yeah. We've got a few weeks. So we'll that, see what uh, happens. Is it man. July 31st? July 31st. So that'll be interesting down the stretch. Like I said, the Astros aren't playing bad baseball. That's a good brand of baseball. I mean, I don't know how much Dusty Baker actually contributes to that. But... And my philosophy in baseball is management does not matter until the sixth inning. It just doesn't. It's not basketball. It's right. not football. You're not running plays. You're not calling plays. There's no X's and O's. Until the sixth inning, when it's time to make a pitching change, management in baseball does not matter. 
Um, and so, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I just, just, I just, mm, I just want to see. Well, I don't want to see it, man. I, I look, I just don't want to see it. We have scored I, the most runs in baseball by about 11 yeah, runs. Yeah, and I don't want to see the city fall out after it's like, oh, gosh, here we go again. We had. Oh, the Texans, the Rockets, now the Astros. Like, all right, go Aggie football. Woo! You know, right now, it's looking like <laughs> it's looking like if we stay on pace, we're going to be playing the White Sox or the Indians in the first round of the so playoffs. So it's going to be a good series in the next week. Yeah, it is. It is. is. It in Chi-Town? It is in Chicago. Are you, you going to go get some uh, Portillo's <laughs> Italian beef? Absolutely not. Maybe some Luminati's deep dish? That sounds delicious. I love Chicago pizza. We'll see, man. We got a tough stretch. Halfway through the gauntlet, we need to we need to go five and five through these next ten games. All right. Last but not least, uh, when's the NBA draft? Are we getting there? Is it happening yet? We're getting there. I don't know. Are they waiting for the Are they waiting for the playoffs to end so that we can like get to the point? And are you also excited that LeBron was bounced? The NBA draft is Thursday, July 29th. so it will be about two weeks after uh, the finals are over. We're talking Astros trade. And Cade Cunningham wearing the H. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. Uh, Tillman Fertitta's people called me. Said, hey, Lance, Mr. Edwards, would you like to uh, renew your 10-game season ticket package? And I said, yeah, if you draft Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs, call me back. Let me know how that goes in the end of July. <laughs> and then I'll renew based on that factor. Yeah. But I really don't want to go watch was it Evan Mobley play Evan basketball. Evan Mobley. I don't want to go watch Evan Mobley play basketball. And he's not terrible. You know, man, he's just he was a freshman and he's a project. Jalen Suggs and Cade Cunningham are NBA ready. I would love to see Kevin Porter Jr. and Cade Cunningham on the floor running the offense. I don't know about you, but that's what I want to see, Rockets. Fans. You know what I want to see as a Mizzou alum as well? What's that? I want to see Denver choke and get bounced out of the basketball playoffs. And then we can have Kevin Porter Jr. and Michael Porter Jr. go pick Michael Porter Jr. up, bring him to the H, and then you draft Mobley. Now you're looking like a squad. Michael Porter is not going anywhere, man. Michael Porter Jr. is so good. I bought season tickets at Mizzou. I sold them all. I sold all every game. I sold the Kentucky game for the entire price of my whole season ticket package. And I wanted to go to two or three games. I wanted to go watch MPJ play. And take Mizzou to the promised land, the Sweet 16, something. And he got injured in the first quarter, or the first half of the Iowa State first game of the season. He did. He also got injured before the first uh, week of his professional career as well. So, But he's he balling out right now. And he did the same thing in the playoffs last year. Remember they called him like a little whiny you-know-what? And then he was like, ah, I'm just going to step up and show that my game speaks for itself. So hats off to you, true son. Well... I hate to burst your bubble, but I think Denver's coming out of the West. I mean, yeah, it's safe to say now. But what if CP3 stays healthy? I don't think Phoenix is going to beat Denver, man. I just don't. They're not going to have an answer for Jokic. It's just not going to happen. All that matters in the life of a couple of H-Towners is that the Knicks are out of the playoffs. Yes, and unfortunately... And L.A. and the Lakers. I don't even care about the Clippers. The Clippers will do the Clippers. The Clippers will do their thing. I mean, I'm either, like, I like Kawhi's game, so it's like, okay, I could watch Kawhi. I do, Leonard. too. I'd still like to watch Luka. I could Luka watch Kawhi out. do his thing eight days a week, right? But My guy James Harden, in the first 20 seconds of the game last night, went up for a rebound, came down bad on his leg, 
and hobbled to the locker room. Didn't even wait for the trainers. So it's looking like bad news for Brooklyn. We all know I was pulling for Brooklyn. We all know I was pulling for James. It looks like he might be out for the playoffs now. And he um, never, and he is not a pansy. No, he's not. He's like, like the he, modern day version of the NBA's Iron Man. He has missed. Yeah, he's like Brett Favre. He has missed 31 games in 10 years, which is incredible. 31 out of 820 games. So he doesn't just leave the game. He's Brett for no Favre. Reason. He's Cal Ripken Jr. Tough as nails. It's terrible, man. It's terrible for Brooklyn. They did put it on Milwaukee last night. I don't see them beating Milwaukee four times in seven days, though, without you James never know. Harden. You never know. They got enough talent right there and the other two guys in that starting five line. They got to do so. it, man. All right, Houston. All right, it's uh, been fun. It's been awesome. I, I missed you guys. I have not been on the air for the last week yeah, and a half Yeah, was the birthday. Stressful, man, but it was good. It <laughs> was, was the good. cake. Was the cake good? It was delicious. Was your wife happy? She was happy. Did the kids have fun? We had a great time. And are you in good standing with your mother-in-law? <laughs> hey, man, she's listening to this. <laughs> I love you, Anna. All right, guys. That's all we got. High fives and hugs, hugs and high fives. Yeah, man, it's been awesome, Houston. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Hugs and high fives. Holla, Houston. Peace out.